Well, good morning. We're going to stay in this little uh, series of the other side of the street. And uh, I believe what God would have us to understand is it's not always as it appears from the side of the street that you stand on that there is another side of the street, right? There's a his side and a her side. Come on. Y'all talk to me this morning because I think I'll be all right. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Pastor Debbie. We're so glad you're here. You should have waved at Facebook. Lord Jesus, y'all pray for me. And pray for her. But too many times in life, I think that we go and, and we'll make a judgment call or we'll make a decision in life or um, we may say things or do things that if we only knew what was behind the veil or on the other side or in someone's heart or in someone's mind, then we maybe look at it a little different. We probably wouldn't be so hasty in our decision making. We probably wouldn't be so quick to allow hatred to form up in our heart. We, we wouldn't be so quick to be so judgmental on, well, if it were me. Come on. Ain't we all been there? I mean, I know I've been there. I've heard it. <laughs> if he was married to me, I'm going to tell you what. Really? Be grateful and be thankful that you're not married to me. Amen? Amen? See there, look. Y'all just don't know. So I want to continue in this series, and man, I want to loosen this place up. I was telling a couple people here recently, man, I would just love to be able to come in on a Sunday morning and not preach, just be able to, to, to cop a squat. Just, just to sit down and, and, and talk to people and get, and get into your hearts and get into your minds and allow you to be able to speak what's on your heart and what's on your mind in a loving way. A loving way. See, that cancels out 50%. I like give you a piece of my mind. I'm joking. Not really. If you got your Bibles, let's, uh, let's go to 1 Samuel. This is a story that... Uh, or an account that we're all familiar with, and we've probably heard it a million times. Um, I would I would almost venture to say that when you would ask someone, name a woman in the Bible, that her name would come up quite frequently. And for a for a couple of different reasons, um, Hannah was very very good at keeping her mouth shut <laughs> she done better than you would have come on I mean look if you got hounded as much as Hannah did you would already spoke your mind I give you my two cent come on her faith was her faith was unfailing Man, Hannah knew how to, to keep the direction of her purpose focused on the one that could fulfill it. Unlike some of us. 
man, we ain't going to do this year after year. Oh, let me stop. Let me get. I, this is going to be good this morning. Father, I, I pray that this bless a heart this morning. First Samuel chapter 1, starting at verse 1. I'm, if you can hang with me, if you, if you can do this without going to sleep, I'm going to read 18 verses. And I'm going to read them all the way through. Then we'll come back. All right, ye of little faith. Starting at verse 1. Now, there was a certain man, and y'all forgive me, Ramathium, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkina. I think he'd done this on purpose, man, just to, to wear pastors and teachers out, trying to pronounce these names. The son of Jerohoam, Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, like Tofu, the son of Zuf, and he was an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The names of one was Hannah. There we go. And the name of the other, Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from the city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Man, if you mark in your Bible, I said I was going to read all the way through. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni, Phinehas, the priests of the Lord were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and also to her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable. How many of y'all got a Penina in your life? Be thankful for her. Because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Boy, now this man loved this woman. Loved this woman. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. And now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened. I like how they started verse 12. And it happened. 
as if it wasn't supposed to or as if it couldn't have. And it happened. Man, how many of you would like to be able to bend the Lord's ear so that as soon as your prayer left your lips, the next verse in your life, and it happened. Man, maybe I should have named this, and it happened. As she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli, right here, see this is where we get to the other side of the street. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Put that beer down. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I'm a, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. This is on her side of the street now. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief... I've spoken until now. What's she saying? She said, I ain't, I ain't said a word. I've spoken out of my grief and my sorrow and my down in my mouth. Whew. If y'all knew where I was going. <laughs> then Eli answered and said, go in peace. See how quick it'll change your heart, your perspective if you Look at it from the other side of the street. He said, go in peace. <laughs> and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked him for. He blessed that woman. He not only considered her side of the street, but he said, you know, I'm, not, I'm sorry for even going. I'm going to go as much now as to say, the Lord bless you. Oh, boy, if I could get a couple of y'all on my side of the street. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate. And her face was no longer sad. I was going to try to do this series and just do part one, part two, and three, and five, and twelve, and whatever else we ended with, and this morning or yesterday, I just, I couldn't, so I give this one a, a title. I told Tommy I'll have to give him another one for last Sunday. The title of this one is, <laughs> From Sorrow to Seed. From Sorrow to Seed. I'm going to stay a little close here this morning for, for a couple reasons. Number one, this, this word is for somebody. That's why I took the time to type it. And I don't want you missing it. And I want to give it to you the way God gave it to me behind the computer. But I, I believe that today's word will, it won't be a word for everybody. Because why I say that is, 
if you've ever noticed people, if there's nothing that they have a drive for, they have no drive. This is what I mean. I mean, that was real deep, right? That was real deep. This is what I'm talking about. If, if, you, if there's no dream, if there's no hope, if there's no desire, people just typically live out their life. You see, there's times that I struggle, even in myself, to recognize who I am in Him in my everyday life. Man, when, when things are going okay, I'm just another ordinary dude. I'm just hanging out, going to eat, right? Hitting them ribs, right? Just enjoying life, going on bike rides, not the ones you pedal. That's right. Enjoying time with family, really? Just just living. It's not until I get put in a position that I feel that my back is against the wall. That I begin to recognize, wait a minute. No. In case you forgot, talking to the enemy, in case you forgot, my name ain't Rocky. Not only am I a pastor, not only have I been called, but I've been chosen. Not only have I been chosen, I'm a child of the king, brother. I'm an heir in Christ. Do you not know? Wait a minute. Back against the wall, that's, it woke me up. I said, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh-uh. This ain't the game that I'm playing. I recognize who I am. And when we recognize who we are, it's on. But see, if nothing... If ain't nothing happening in your life, you just live life. Come on, I mean, listen, man. If everything's good, I, want, I just want put yourself in this season, okay? If you've never been in this season, just fantasize for a moment. Put yourself in this season. Everything in life is cool, man. You, your bills are getting paid. The job is looking good. Your wife is hot as ten firecrackers. The children minding their business. Life is good, man. The food is great. You couldn't ask for a better life. Here's your prayer in the morning. If any. Father, thank you for waking me up today. I love you. I'll see you later on. I got I to go to work. Got bills to pay. And you go and you write, oh man, you're talking to the Lord, just talking. You come home at night, it's now I lay me down to sleep. It's that kind of prayer. 
And as you doze off into sleep, in the middle of your prayer, I know y'all don't do that because y'all straight up and down, you got this thing covered. I'll go to sleep in a hot second when I'm praying while I'm laying down. I got to be careful, man. I got to make myself uncomfortable. Lay on the hard carpet like that with your head on it for about 15 minutes. You ain't going to sleep because it hurts. So you're praying that God release the pain. But you, you, you pray, you're, you're praying these prayers, man, that are just kind of like blasé. But let your back get against the wall. Uh-oh. Now we don't care. Snot's going to be flying. Tears going to be slung. We just going to come unglued for a minute. We're going to get to the point, man, that we get in God's face and we're going after this thing as hard as we can go. But maybe you're not there. Maybe you've never been put there. What I want us to learn is learn it from Hannah's perspective of where she comes from. And, and in order to understand exactly what you have going on here with Hannah, you've got to understand a little bit about custom and the times that she lived in. I mean, here Hannah is married to Elkina for 10 years before Elkina takes on a second wife. I don't, don't ask me. I don't know what happened to that man. He fell or something. But he decided he wanted to marry a second wife because Hannah was unable. And see, even though it was customary, it wasn't ordained by God. That wasn't something that God put out there and said, if she can't provide, you go to somebody else. That wasn't his purpose. wasn't his plan. <sighs> but they did it. So after 10 long years with Hannah, He picks up another one. She gives him a son. Couple. Some daughters. She fruitful and multiplying. Life is good. There's a problem. Hannah was to give him a son. Oh, man, this take you back to Sarah and Hagar. Come on, you with me? Rebecca and Lee, come on. She's to give him a child, a son. She knew this. She knew everything inside of her that her husband's well-being, that her husband's position in, in culture, in those times, in the city, in the town where everybody knew your business, they knew that his wife Hannah didn't produce any children. So he was looked down on. She was cursed. So we're, we're talking about this woman. I want you to understand where she's coming from. Because remember, you sat up on the stool with Eli just a few verses ago and called her a drunk. Maybe you didn't call her a drunk. And here she is, 10 years. Now, understand this too. Now, they were to go three times a year to the temple or the tabernacle 
to celebrate a feast, feast of unleavened bread, which would remind them that they that he, they were brought out of Egypt. Then, then there was a, a a feast of harvest. That was that was like their first fruits. And then there was their there was a a, a feast of a, a feast of in gathering. That was that was the fruit of their labor. So three times a year, every year for the past ten years. Come on, you go get with me in a minute. That she's got to walk with him. Now she wasn't required by law, but it said that she went. She knew something was supposed to be different. And she figured, okay, you believe this much in God, I'm going to have to believe this much in God. There's something inside of me that's supposed to be coming out, but right now it's dormant. i got to figure this thing, how do I get to this? Where do I go for this? Now, see, you got to understand that she's going up there. Now, all the men in her city and everybody else's, if they hadn't already heard by text and Facebook, been blown up on Twitter and Instagram. If they haven't gotten all that and got the phone call, they're all there and they're looking. Here's this woman. Come on. Jewish dime. Now, I'm, man, your wife ain't give you no child yet. Man, you might want to reconsider. Come on. When things don't go your way the way you want them to go, you often have times in your mind, sometimes in your hands and your feet, to change the situation yourself. Here's poor Hannah. Bound up. Knowing that she is to produce a child. A son. And she's got to hear, man, I know some of you women, boy, all that has to happen is one woman find out. Whoop! <laughs> I can prove it. You, you want me to prove it? And Penina, the woman, the second wife, provoked her severely. To make her miserable. You women, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Talking about her? I mean, can you just, can you imagine? Man, if she would separate herself from Elkina and, and go and pray before the Lord. And, and everybody just watching and looking on. There she go, there go that drunk. And he gets married for a second time. Now, there was something that jumped out on me because I couldn't find out why or how long that they were married before she had Samuel. There was nothing there that led me to that. So the more I sought after it, the more it strengthened in my mind and in my heart. Maybe you ain't supposed to know the time so that you too will understand that if your faith shall endure...
See if I, if I, <laughs> he didn't set up, no, the only expectation that was set up in scripture here for us is the fact that it happened. So it happened. Man, will you, mm, year after year, the Bible said, Man, can you imagine? It just the whole time you're there, you still ain't giving him a baby. I don't know why you in here. You ought to go over there. I don't know why you getting double poised. You ought to go over there and sit down. I don't know why you going and praying that it ain't happened yet. You think it's gonna happen now? I'm gonna do it. Year after year. And we don't see where Hannah lit off on her. She held her peace. She kept her mind. Settled her heart. She had hope. See, I'm not, I'm not talking about when everything is just cool. Because for her, everything wasn't just cool. She was having her back pushed against the wall every year. Three times a year. There was something that I looked at too that caught my eye and I went, I wonder if she done it at home, but the Bible doesn't actually say that she done it at home. I would probably venture to say that being that she was a woman, she probably did, but I'm not going to put that on her right now or on women just because it's not in there, so I don't have nothing to stand on, so I'll just be quiet about that. So, but, the only, but what was happening was every time that she went, now this is a word for you, every time that she went, and she got closer to the Lord. The press came. See, you're going, man, God must be far away from God because everything happening the whole time. God set up a penina and said, I got to agitate you. It's, it's here. It, man, if I can irritate you enough, you can give birth right The pain come the closer she got. The sorrow was overwhelming the closer she came. So maybe, just maybe, if life is all chill, you may not be as close as you think you are. Every year, year after year, I wonder how many of you came close last year and the agitation in your life began to stir and you didn't go back next year see the prayers that we've been praying 
over time have been lullabies. You haven't been praying from a position with your back against the wall. When, oh, I'm, listen, I'm talking about when sickness has overcome medicine. I'm talking about when your children have overstepped the boundaries. I'm talking about when nothing in I'm talking about a rebellious wife, a rebellious husband, or a manipulating husband. I'm, I'm talking about when there is nothing else left and it keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. When life has pressed you on all sides... That's what it took. And then she recognized. How can I say that? Because she changed. (laughs) We keep waiting on God to give birth. Come on, women. All right, I can get you here with me real quick. How many of you are going to wait for your husband to give birth when you're pregnant? Huh? You ain't going to wait on him. Matter of fact, nine out of ten of you said, hello, hey, you better come on. I'm going. Where you at? We got to go. Not everybody's as meticulous as you. <laughs> if y'all didn't hear, she said, no, nah, you got to get a shower. That, she may call me home from a water break and then tell me, no, nah, you ain't going to look like that or smelling like that. Get in the shower. I went, we got to go. <laughs> Riding down the road going, girl, you, you turn loose up in here. You're going to walk. Get out. <laughs> we can't keep waiting. See, you, this is your famous line because we've heard it preached. Waiting on the Lord. Come on, listen to me. Listen. The seed's in you. If he didn't show me anything else in this text, this is what he showed me. Rocky, the timing's up to you. When are you willing to submit? It ain't the prayer she prayed. It was the heart that prayed the prayer. It went from God, I got to give my husband because he, you know, they're, they're, huh. not, he's not going to love me, but so much longer. Do y'all understand that they said that he loved her? Even though that the Lord shut her wound. See, let me tell you another thing real quick. Man, Lord. Sometimes the Lord has shut up one thing to open up another. He shut her wound to open her mouth. And you getting irritated and frustrated and you quit. And he's just trying to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Give birth to this thing. Now's the time. Now's the time. What are you waiting on? Why do you got to come back next year? Why do why you got to come back again another year? 
How many more times do you have to walk in the agitation and the irritation before you give birth? How many times do I have to tell you that the seed is in you? Don't you know that whatever God calls you to, he birthed you with? See, let me hurt some of your feelings. You've been waiting on God, and you ain't even watered the seed yet. You're waiting on the harvest. Man, you ain't been working the ground. We put so much pressure on him. Makes us feel good when we put pressure on him because then we got somebody to blame when it doesn't happen. (laughs) It comes right back at you. Let me get back to where I was before I get lost. Every year, year after year after year. And it was talking about that he loved her even though that the Lord shut her womb. And he loved her so much so that when he would get there and he would, because they would go and they would do these feasts, they would eat before the Lord. So when he would give portions to Penina, he gave double portions to Hannah. Here's a word for you. Ooh, there's two. One is God help me word this right. <laughs> no matter how much that someone may love you, they still aren't the ones to help you. Everything he done did not help her. Everything, everything that Elkina done along the way and throughout these years and everything that he poured out to her and give to her and made way for her, made life easy for her, didn't change anything. It didn't, it didn't change the way she felt. God, I ain't got all day, but we'll, we'll, go, we'll go that way too. How much... All of this love that he's pouring in. We would think that all that love that he was pouring in would cause us to do one thing, but in fact it caused her to do another. She felt even more sorrow because she couldn't give, because she knew that he loved her. God, he loves me so much, I've got to give him a child. I have to give him a child. See, if you ain't never been there, you don't understand any of this. God, what am I supposed to do? And the whole time, God's setting up Penina. (laughs) Penina the press. In order for what's in you to be squeezed out of you, there's got to be some pressing to happen. Your back's against the wall. There's nothing. There's nothing else I can't do. Well, wait a minute. God, this ain't, uh-uh. This ain't who I'm supposed to be. This is not the promise. Come on, you got to know now that they already know about this Abraham and Sarah. I'm sure that's been passed down. Generation to generation, you know. I mean, you women can talk a lot, and 
I, I know that the, the timetables turn the conversation a lot sometimes. It went from he said to he done, you know. I mean, I think, I think it's Job chapter 24. It, it talks about he uh, talking about the enemy, talking about the adversary and how he comes after the barren that doesn't bear. He, he, he's talking about, he, let me go to it. I think it's 24. Y'all hang on. Y'all okay with this, right? I'm looking for Job. All I can find is Job. <laughs> Yeah, 24, 24, 21. For he preys on the barren who do not bear. He preys on the barren who do not bear. What could that possibly mean to me? What could that possibly mean to her at this moment? That if you aren't careful, because the enemy comes to seek, kill, and destroy... He prays on you. If you're, listen, oh, you're pregnant. You're pregnant. <laughs> you're pregnant. And if you don't bear, he'll pray on you. He's looking to destroy you. Oh, you're pregnant. It may not show, but the seed's in you, baby. All this headache and heartache, all of this sorrow, that's how she lived her life. Could you imagine living your life in such a way that everything in the world is against you. Year after year. Hey, before you quit, before you turn me off, before you turn me off, the agitation is what will bring the sediment to the top. Quit running. Man, he set Penina up for you. Some of y'all going to go home cussing Penina. <laughs> you'll be repenting next week, but you'll be cussing Penina today. And she was purposefully positioned in your life to cause you to give birth. To that which God impregnated you with. It wasn't until she had nothing else. When you've had enough, she had had enough. Her breaking point. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. See, it was the love of Elkina that kept her breaking point from going the opposite way. Could you imagine her having her breaking point if Elkina wasn't so kind and loving towards her? What if, let's change the story. What if Elkina walked with Penina by his side year after year and Hannah was in the back and they would get there and Hannah would get but a portion and Penina would get double portion. What, what if the love that, that Elkina would show showed more to the agitator? See, you're looking for someone to love you like that, and I'm here to tell you that there is, but you're looking in the wrong place. Because there's only one love that'll never fail you. There ain't but one. Don't, don't, get, your, don't get yourself set up thinking that she loves you so much that she'll tolerate everything, because that ain't happening. We, we talk later, it won't happen. That's why it got, you, it got not on your head. That's, see? She, listen, man, you can't love her like that because you got this. God's a spirit. Uh-oh. Loves you unconditionally. Even when you went shopping, still loves you. So I believe that Elkina played a part by loving her. Oh, even when someone doesn't have to give you what you're looking for or your desire, don't just love them, love them more. If you can get yourself to understand the power of honor and love, you'll probably experience what Elkina experienced through this experience by not only having one child come about, but do you know that she ended up giving him five more children? That makes six children. There was three boys. And two girls outside of Samuel. We used to say that there was the number of grace. The five kids, the number of grace. I went, but there were six kids. He said, ah, but the first fruit's mine. Whoop. All right, anyway. <laughs> Can you imagine being Hannah? Come on, you've been there. I told you that this probably wouldn't be for everybody because not everybody in here maybe has experienced this, but I'm just going to ask for a moment that you would allow the ones that have been there or going through it now that they may feed on the word without your interruption. Let them come to the table. There's things in your life that God's got to work out of you to make room for what's in you. 
Mm. Mm. You might, if you hold hatred, and that overwhelms the seed, the seed can't grow and produce its fruit. God's got to agitate. See, oh, man. Oil and water don't mix. Oil come to the top or water come to the top? Oil come to the top. Okay. I'm looking over here because he, father of wisdom, he knows these things. I just know they don't mix. I've never really sat and contemplated that until just now. So if the oil rises to the top and oil is the bad part, oil's not what you want. You want the water. What must happen? You must agitate the oil in order to access. So Penina is in charge of agitating your oil, your bitterness, your hatred, your discontentment, your unforgiveness. If she can get that stuff out the way, we got access now. Oh, man. Hannah was getting agitated and and really didn't know what was taking place. But every time that they would come closer to God and the agitation and the pressure became more because he was trying to squeeze out what was in her, the, the more that the agitation, there was more hope. She could see hope more. It's not covered by the muck. Now it's exposed. Man, there's hope. I see, I seen, see, you don't have to see, but a little bit. I seen some water. Oh, it went away. Wait a minute, there's some. Come on, let God go out there and start feeding you like this, boy. You'll be running crazy like a chicken in a hen yard, boy. You're all over the place looking for bugs. You just, there's hope, 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 hope. One day you're going to need this. One day life is going to present itself pressing you on all sides. And it's going to seem... God, you're so good. It's going to seem that it's so dark that there is no hope. But if you'll come closer to Him... The agitation can begin. He'll give you a glimpse of hope. Oh, it may not be enough this time because we still got to work some stuff out. But there's a glimmer of hope which will draw you back for the second feast. (laughs) Huh? And you see some more hope. And you go back, you'll come back for the third feast. I don't know how many years she went. All I know is year after year. So there's a minimum of two years plus the 10 that she was already married. There's 12 years. Oh, there's 12 years. There's government. 
see, this stuff was already, <laughs> it was already governed in place. It was already, the Senate already passed it. It's a law. Man, he governed that thing. He set that thing up. You didn't even know it. And one day, you went and you said, I just can't take any more. God, this is not who I... You told me. You told me that the inheritance would be to the Son... Abraham and Sarah. Don't think she ain't playing that. She knew. I got to give this man a son so he can get the inheritance. Not from a second wife because a second wife isn't or Oh. Oh. Yeah, you can make it work for yourself temporarily. But if you aren't careful, you're going to cancel out the initial promise. That will bring so much more to life. Don't give up. I understand life is pressing you. I under, I, man, I understand that Panina keeps sticking stuff down and just I get it but it's for your benefit (laughs) quit praying for you Pray to bless him. She said, if you'll only give me a son, I'll give him back. For the rest of his life, he'll serve you. Some women may think this is a curse, but she thought this of a blessing. But she was able to nurse him for about three to four years before she took him. (laughs) Never mind. I'm sure he had teeth by then. Because it wasn't until he was breastfed. It wasn't until she had broke that cycle that she was to bring him back. See, sometimes, sometimes we want to hold on to things a little bit longer than what we should. <laughs> you better be careful. It might cause even more complication. I got to stop. Just purple head this morning. Let me see if there's something I want to do before we leave. You keep going back, and every day you find yourself pursuing hope. Every day you feel as though your purpose will not relent. These are, these are the people that this is for. 
It's, it's for the ones that just won't, you won't quit because you're not satisfied where you are. How many of you know that when you're not satisfied where you are, God is trying to draw you closer to him? See, when you're satisfied and content, man, he can't do nothing with you. All right. Good? We good. Almost went out of breath. Don't laugh at me. How many of you feel agitated? How many of you feel irritated? There's just, man, it just don't seem right. There, what's God trying to birth in you? Or do you even know? You got something. And he wants it out. Because it benefits his kingdom. Samuel benefited his kingdom. So what you're trying to birth and what's being agitated, it's trying to break free what you're trying to birth. What's being agitated is your selfishness, your pride, and your arrogance. I have to think if she went back and kept praying that prayer, God, I need a son. It never happened. But she said, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you. He went, uh oh. New light for Israel. So it happened. Don't run from your agitation. Don't curse your agitation. It's for a purpose. God wants to grow you and grow you and grow you so that others may be able to enjoy the fruit. See, we get selfish with that too. We think it's our fruit. It ain't your fruit. Your tree is meant to produce a fruit for me to pluck. Boy, religion hates to hear that. Because it's not about you, Susie. Act the way you want to act. Be the person you want to be. But I promise, if you're not in the will of God, you have, you're not benefiting the kingdom.